uh, they forget that I was the least organization for eight years. All of a sudden, you're in a game uh, for the other team. Now you're the bad guy. You know, it's yeah. like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was your emergency goalie the next game for Toronto, too. Like, what do you <laughs> – don't be so uh, don't be so crazy over this one, right? So we won't forget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! But there's guys, there's guys uh, that I know. Uh, apparently, the live betting odds were, were pretty uh, were pretty crazy. At mm. one point, when I let two goals in, the live betting odds absolutely went through the roof, and uh, people put money on Toronto to win, and they uh, and they ended up losing a fair chunk of dough. So uh, they're not happy about that one. I know that for sure. <laughs> All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate you being here on this episode. This is um, kind of fell on my lap. It was awesome. This is an awesome opportunity to have you on, and especially during a timing when hockey's back, finally. We never thought we would say that a couple months ago, but I uh, appreciate you being on this episode, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's going to be awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm really excited. I, I want to cover a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so, I'll, so a lot of people, I like to kind of fast forward, but I want to take it back to your days. Is it Whit- Whitby? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Yeah. You grew up? So yep. tell us about the life of growing up as a kid in Whitby, right near Lake Ontario and stuff like that. Because people here, we grew up on baseball, football. That's it. How was it different, yeah. obviously, in, in Toronto? You just kind of grown up on the outskirts of Toronto and Whitby and kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So Whitby's uh, 45 minutes, give or take, away from Toronto, depending on the craziness of traffic. Uh, could be <laughs> two hours away, but uh, we didn't go much when we were kids. You know, we, we, Toronto and Whippy, they call us farmers. And, you know, now, you know, we, we had, what, 20,000 population compared to Toronto's millions back then. And I think now Whippy's at like 175,000 or, or something like that. So it's grown. But, yeah, they used to call us the farmers and they had to come and play against us. And it was, uh, it was hilarious. But uh, my dad, brother, were both goalies growing up. So, you know, and hockey was huge. We'd watch Hockey Night in Canada since, you know, I could remember watching TV. So, like I said, hockey was huge in my family. And then I kind of got thrown into it where it's like, hey, Dave, uh, you want to skate? Yeah, sure. Hey, Dave, you want to be a goalie? Uh, I don't know. Okay, you're going to be a goalie because we got some leftover equipment here that we're going to throw you in, right? So I didn't really have that, that option uh, on whether or not I was going to be a goalie or I wasn't going to be a goalie. So... Uh, like I said, you, you just a small town at the time and, uh, you get a lot of good friends because everyone's so close and, and guys all play on the same team for years and years and years. Uh, we all used to hang out, you know, where my parents would, uh, even though the streetlights are coming on, my parents have to get into the car and, and drive to the next neighborhood over to try and find us because we're playing hide and seek or, or whatever we're doing. Right. So it was a great time as a kid in Whitby and you know, I don't live far from there now anyways. And my mom still lives there actually. So, uh, it was great. So uh, did you grow up going to games like or were they called the Dunlops? Yeah, the Whippy Dunlops. Actually, I didn't go to any of those. Uh, I can't even remember if they had um, a team when I used to go to the games. But we played in the same the same rink uh, as them. So there was only maybe three rinks uh, or two when I first started playing hockey. So it was kind of you're limited at that point. But uh, yeah, I don't think I made any, any Dunlops games. You talked about being a goalie. Um, did you have any other – obviously, you were kind of forced to be a goalie, but did you ever have interest being in another position growing up, or were you kind of just told you're going to be a goalie? Yeah, you, well, you start out as being, you know, everyone's just skating around like bees on the, on the ice, chasing the puck around. So yeah. everyone, gets a chance at, everyone gets a chance at being a goalie. 
And once I got in the net, you know, I, I think I, I did okay. And my brother and my dad, like I said, they're like, oh, we can, we can make you a good goalie. You know, just do what we do. I'm like, as I got older and I was like, I should probably do, not do what you're doing. You know, I just stay away from what you guys are doing. And maybe I'll be a little bit better. That's how I looked at it, right? So, um, but it, it, it's good to have those guys help you out in training. My dad was amazing uh, all the way along my whole career. He was always, you know, good support. So, uh, so was my brother. But uh, yeah, I wanted to play out for a while, and like I said, it's kind of got thrown into into the net. And I play out actually now with a bunch of buddies, and it's great to score goals because you know where to shoot now. <laughs> Being a goalie for so long, you know what the weak spots are, right? That's very true. <laughs> uh, did you ever have any other interests in sports growing up besides hockey? Yeah, I was a baseball player. I played baseball forever. Um, you know, then we have uh, like softball up here too and slow pitch. We, uh, slow pitch is actually pretty pretty big up here. We've got, uh, in the summertime, they got some pretty heavy-duty leagues where guys are really, really good. I don't know if you've ever I've seen the, uh, the border battle. They've got uh, Canada-U.S. play slow pitch and stuff like that. Uh, and there are some guys that can hit bombs. So, uh, like I said, I, I grew up playing hardball <laughs> as a kid. And I think, to be honest, I think every kid should play as many sports as they can play. Uh, it's, it's great for you. I think you burn yourself out if you just play one. So, and you get, uh, you know, hand-eye and everything gets moving with all these different sports. So that was my, my thing with, with my parents. They always put me in, stuff like that. I played some soccer. I, I couldn't run. I was terrible at running. Uh, I was fast, <laughs> but I couldn't run for more than five minutes. And I was just gassed. I'm like, okay, somebody put me in net or something, you know. And the soccer thing's not easy. It's hard. So I just stuck to my little six-foot crease and uh, just kind of hung out there for a while. And then, like I said, I played some, played some ball until my body – I had more injuries playing baseball than I ever had playing hockey. Like, I just ripped my shoulder to pieces. You know, I was out trying to throw a ball the other day, and my shoulder was just like – it felt like it was going to fall off. Like, it's uh, – I used to play center field. So I ran around and, you know, tore my ankle in the fence and, and all this kind of stuff. Concussions like crazy from diving and smacking my head off the ground. So uh, I, I kind of packed it in when uh, probably four years ago now in baseball. That was it. I was, it was funny. I got put into catcher, and I was never a catcher in slow pitch. So I – they said, okay, just, can be a catcher. Yeah, that's it, right? Like, <laughs> that's it. So then they put me behind. The guy throws it from the outfield. It was going wide. It hit the fence. It hit the pole, like, on the ground. It popped up. hit me right in the sunglasses. Mangled my sunglasses. Cut my eye open right across the top of my nose. I'm like, what am I doing? So I said, that's actually the last game of baseball I played. I'll never forget it because my face was cut up. So uh, I, was, I was over it. <laughs> like I'm taking slap shots and one timers, and yeah, I, I would rather take a slap <laughs> off the face than a baseball off the face. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I've done a little of a uh, of a uh, of slow pitch softball just as I as I've gotten older because I realize it's mm-hmm. more my you know more my speed than mm-hmm. trying to do anything you know past the time where I can be a professional athlete. And right. the only time I got injured, I, I pitched towards the end, and the only time I got hit was the first. I threw the it was a routine like second ba- like four three play to uh, first base. First baseman mm-hmm. got the ball and was throwing it back to me at the mound. And I looked away for a second and I got popped in the eye. So I had a cool <gasps> black eye, but it was from my own oh, yeah. player. So it's, it's like, it's, it's even worse than that because it's a cool black eye, but it was a friendly fire shot. So yeah, <laughs> I've seen a few trip. guys. I've seen a few guys as pitchers take some pretty hot shots back. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy took one right off the face and it's like, no chance would I be a pitcher in slow pitch. Those guys can hammer the ball. Uh, my, I'm not doing uh, that. 
my third baseman always hated me because I would only pitch inside. Because if you pitch outside, they're going to take it up the middle. So, like, yeah, the third yeah. baseman got hot-cornered every single time. But <laughs> um, I was also kind of the coach. So, I would uh, – our third baseman played D1 baseball, Division One baseball, mm-hmm. conveniently. So, I would you – know, I have a little bit of backup if it goes that far. But right. I was, I was such a wimp. I never pitched outside unless it was an accident. Yeah. I don't blame you. I've seen guys break ribs. And, like I said, one guy took it off the face and broke his orbital bone, like – there's no chance. Like guys, I don't know, but there, but the guys up here, like they're really high end, and I and I played pretty much the highest level you could get up here in the A division, and mm-hmm. I've seen some rockets. Some guy, yeah, they wear they wear helmets now. The pitchers wear their helmets. Like it's a, it's no joke, you know. Uh, I I stay away from that position at all costs. I'll stay. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay in the put me in the outfield. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> be the catcher. That's the thing is yeah. that as I get older too, when you're young, it's like I'll get hurt to make it for the glory. But when you yeah. get older, like my job now, because I play a lot of pickup basketball before this is happening, my goal is not to get hurt. That's my right. main goal. You know, just, yeah. just don't get hurt. Because then my wife will get mad at me and say, why'd you get hurt? Why'd you do that? I'm like, yeah. I want to win, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. I still have the fire. I'm the same way. But, you know, getting off the couch isn't easy some days. You know, all those injuries catch up to you. I definitely my, uh, my knees are – actually, with this time off of hockey – I've uh, my knees have felt great, so it's been the first time in a while that they've kind of recovered from all these years of playing. So it's good to have time off, I guess. That's true. Gosh, man, and we'll get to that. Actually, I want to talk about it now. We talked about it before we started recording. How hard is it to be there in your city and you can't go see them? Like that has to be tough for the bubble. Yeah, it's terrible. I was just, you know, I was just talking to a couple of guys, talking to Pace the other day, and he's gonna they're gonna have fun up here, and uh, Brownie as well, and and they're they're. They're at uh, BMO Field right now or earlier today. And yeah. I said, what a great facility. I said, you guys are you're going to have a lot of fun, right? Uh, but it sucks. He's like, I wish you could have had a couple pints together. It would have been great yeah. to go at least see the guys, right? Like when I was down in Carolina, like Pace and Mike and Brownie, those boys, they're all, they're so nice to me. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, just in true friends after I left. So uh, like I said, it does suck to not be able to see them. But once this stuff is uh, all over again, we're going to, uh, we'll hang out for sure. I'll go down there. They'll come back up here or something like that, but we'll make sure we uh, we get together again. Did you get Bojangles when you came down here? No, man. That's the only thing I didn't get. I, I, everyone, I was so busy the whole time that everyone's like, you got to try Bojangles. I'm like, I, I do. I do have to try it. You're right, you know? <laughs> and then I went to uh, a weather station, and they had a bunch of barbecue, and they're like, you got to pick which barbecue you like better. And they're telling me the difference and, you know, it's hard because we don't have that here. So yeah. uh, it's a little different uh, trying to pick up the different tastes between everything. I was just excited because the food was delicious. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to me, true. it didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. The food was so good and it's not it was something I wasn't used to. So I'm like, I'll take any of this stuff. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> next time we go down there, Bojangles on the list for sure. I had it tonight, actually. That's the reason why I thought of it. I thought about sending you a picture. I had it tonight. It's yeah, yeah you should have. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is another yeah. thing that uh, we love. So that was one of the first things I got when we were there. We don't have Olive Garden anymore, so had to get Olive mm. Garden as well. That's a staple. Anytime we uh, we cross the border, we, we get ourselves some Olive Garden and some Chick-fil-A if we have it, if it's there. But uh yeah, the Bojangles thing, everyone raves about it, so we'll have to try it it's out. One of those, and it's one of those things where like, I don't like to rave a lot about a place because I don't want to give it a high expectation. Because one of the mm. biggest things to me, if someone, whether it's a Netflix show or food, oh, you got to try this, you have to watch it. My first instinct yeah. is, no, I don't want to. I, know, I don't yeah. want <laughs> to cater to you. Yeah, it's pretty hyped up too. So if it doesn't meet the, uh, meet the standard, I'll be upset, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's, it's Cajun chicken. So I mean, it's chicken with right. good spice. So I mean, it's kind of hard to mess up. And their fries are good. and 
you know, sweet tea. Chicken's my stuff. chicken's my favorite, so I can't really go wrong with chicken. That's perfect. It's kind of like a Toronto. If you had to compare poutine, like, are, are you a poutine fan? Yeah, poutine guy. Yeah, they're uh, it's good. <laughs> I had the golf course I remember at. They have buffalo chicken poutine. It's to die for, but you can't eat the whole thing. Like it's just so it's so heavy, uh, but delicious at the same time, right? So I don't even think about that. I don't think you guys. I don't even think that you don't have that there. But yeah, when you get it's up here, you gotta give it a go. Places like the NC State Fair, right across from PNC Arena. They um, right. there there's a a poutine truck this past year, but it was the first year. But um, right. some places will say they have it, but it's probably the same as you getting Eastern style barbecue in Toronto. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's here, but you don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not the same. It's not the real deal. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like getting it. a T-bone steak at Waffle House, you know, like it's on yeah. the menu, but you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. They just put it there to, to uh, draw you in. That's all. Yeah. They, they probably <laughs> owed a friend a favor. Like, Hey, yeah, I'll put it on the menu, but or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Growing up, I mean, I'm sure you heard. I feel like it's great. Uh, ever heard of the show Letterkenny? Yeah. Do you watch yeah. it? Yeah, that's a good show. I, okay. I got to watch the first couple seasons of it. It was mm-hmm. hilarious. It was so funny. Yeah, well, that's kind of like my next segment. You know, they talk because of course they take everything and they kind of stretch it to more of an extreme. You know, it's Wayne and them who are own the produce stand. There's the hockey bros and there's the yeah. <laughs> kind of, it's just funny thinking about that um yeah but you know one of my favorite things to talk about is like the chirping they do back and forth and i feel like yeah. canada has this blessing canadian hockey players have a blessing of like just the ultimate chirpers like i love it it's just great do you have any yeah. uh, of like any favorite sayings that you've heard over the years or growing up that just stick to you that are hilarious <sighs> you know what uh, somebody told me when this is funny i was playing an exhibition senior a game probably two years ago and a guy you know it was a two-game total goals. I didn't play in that the first one. We were losing 8-1 after the first first game. I'm like, oh, man. So we go in. We uh, we win the next game 8-2 or something like that. So – or 8 nothing or 8 – I can't remember. Anyways, we won by a goal or two goals or something like that. Anyways, during the game, I'm wearing my Marley's equipment because I'm, you know, I'm still practicing with, the, with these guys. And, and I was already in – I already backed up a couple of Marley's games. So I stopped the guy in the slot. He's sitting there chirping me. He's like, oh, where'd you buy that gear? Where'd you buy that stuff? This and that. I'm like, hey, bud. I turned around. I'm like, Google me. And he was just like, just, <laughs> he just skated away. <laughs> so I'm just like, what do you say to that one, right? So uh, it was a pretty funny chirp. You know, I don't even know where I came up with that. I had heard, heard it once before. And I'm like, I got to use that. But I don't, you don't, it doesn't sit in your mind where you're like, I'm going to use this one on this guy. It just kind of popped yeah, out and just popped he just skated away. And he's just like, he just shook his head. Like, yep, that was a good one. Right. So yeah, but they, there's a lot of guys who trip. That's a, that's a pretty funny one. Uh, I wrote down four of my favorite ones. Okay. I love the show. Uh, and, and also tell me if these are actually used because it could just be using the show. Uh, right. 10 ply calling someone 10 ply. Yeah. Ten-ply you bud. don't hear that one. You don't hear that one very often, but that's more of a show kind of thing. It's more of a show. I love that one, though. I say it all the time. Yeah, it was good. Now. Sorry. <laughs> that was, that was um, a good one. <laughs> uh, pitter-patter? Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I, my grandparents used to say it all the time. Really? Yeah. It's oh, kind of yeah, like, come on, let's go. Yeah, like, hurry up. Like, let's go. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, this is kind of like a most generic one, probably, but will snipe Selly boys. That's what Riley yeah. and they always say. Yeah. I thought that's like a, you know, I coach like 13 year old boys and I'd say like you're probably 10, 11, 12 year old kids use that one all the time. 
yeah. like they make t-shirts of it and they, they love it right so that's that's yeah. more of like a, a minor hockey kind of saying for sure yeah that's just kind of and then the last one isn't even a saying but he said it one time very quick he called it it's we talked about an insult he called someone a cup of baby carrots no <laughs> i don't even think i heard that, one, but that was a good one. it was it was one of those times where i think uh one of the hockey guys came up to the driveway and you know the three the three guys are sitting there on the seats and they're just just giving it to him he has nothing he yeah. can say back and it was just a, it's one of those minor insults that you hear and you're like that hurt my feelings yeah <laughs> did he really say that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was uh that one yeah, I don't even remember that one, but that, that, that's a good one. That, that's one to use, actually, because that just confuses people. They're like, what, yeah, what just what, happened there? And you keep going, like, and you don't know what to say. But yeah. The best one exactly. is Google me. Google me. Yeah. Best. <laughs> yeah. Was that was, was that after all the stuff with the canes or before? That was before. That was a few, okay. like I said, a few years ago when I uh, probably uh, 2016, maybe. Mm-hmm. Something like 2017, something like that. It was, uh, it was just a funny one. It was good. Google me. Yeah, I could probably use that now, actually, but I think it would be uh, a little cheesy. Yeah, no, why do it? I mean, I would. I'd be eating yeah. it because also I feel like you're a very humble guy. So if you said that, someone would go like, geez, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Like, I'd be afraid to say something like that, you know, in a game, halfway through the game. Next thing you know, I let like five goals in and the guy's like, why do I want to Google you? You suck. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, I feel like you have to say that at the last ending before you walk away where you don't have to prove yeah. anything. Maybe not yeah. warm-ups, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. So how was kind of the structure? And then after this, we'll kind of go more like a linear motion going forward as far as like high school to college and stuff. How is it? Because I'm not familiar. Um, as far as, you know, like hockey programs and high school to college and stuff like that. Like how does it work and what was kind of your path after, you know, you were out of, you know, 12, 13 and above? Yeah. So I played uh, in Whippy minor hockey until I couldn't anymore, which was, I think I was 17 or 18. Um, and then I had a couple uh, junior tryouts that I went to. And to be honest, I was playing hockey. I was playing high school hockey and, uh, and rep hockey here so that was i was on the ice probably seven days a week and i was tired of it i went to a couple junior b camps and i lasted like three days and i'm like this is this is too much hockey for me right now and i was terrible at the time and so i just kind of i just didn't want to play anymore so i ended up passing on everything that i was offered um and then i went and played with my brother and his buddies they were all four years older than me they're all good hockey players early 20s they had a team uh in one of the leagues up here which was still a really good good league and uh that was i was i was fine with that and then uh what happened was i ended up having a buddy his brother played in the east coast league and he came up and he played in a tournament with us in niagara falls and we ended up winning the tournament and he's like man you're a good goalie like, you got to come down to my east coast team and try out so i said okay he was the captain of the team and he talked to his general manager and, and they're like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's make it happen. And then sure enough, they already had four goalies who were sent down kind of through the ranks, you know, NHL, AHL down to the coast. And uh, so I was kind of the odd man out at that point. And then I ended up going back to, I was going back home and I got a call in like March and then one of the goalies got called up or hurt. And so I went down and I practiced with the team and I just kind of sat there and I just, it just kind of didn't get into a game, but I was down there for a few weeks and then I came back and I went to, a, I had an agent sent me to a pro-am camp for San Jose and I was absolutely terrible. Like I was the first time I was away from my house 
by myself, not knowing anybody at all. And uh, I just, I sucked, to be honest. I was there for a week and I was terrible. So uh, I went home after that. And then I went to a federal hockey league camp up here and then I got sick. I, my, my feet were so swollen during the last day of camp. I didn't really know what was going on and then uh, ended up getting sick. So that was kind of my hockey uh, path and up until my, my kidney transplant. Makes me, I, I think you have a cheat sheet of my, my notes. That was my next thing was talking about the, the kidney transplant. Cause I mean, you were, yeah. I mean, you think about it, you were in your what mid twenties at the time. Yeah, I think I was so, 25 when I first got sick. So kind of talk through that. You know, you're at the point in your career where like, all right, this is, I'm doing, making some progress and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I didn't feel like I was going to go anywhere in hockey, but then when I had, you know, a couple of little sniffs here and there, I thought, you know, I need to better myself and uh, get better. And then all of a sudden you get sick and it's like, man, this sucks. You know, I was in probably the best shape of my life at that point. Um, and then that's what the doctors couldn't figure it out because I was in such great shape. They were like, well, your heart is fine. Everything's fine. Like what's going on. And and they thought it was the high blood pressure causing my kidneys to fail. And uh, so we left it like that for probably three or four months and uh, ended up being uh, the opposite way around. Like my kidneys ended up getting uh, starting to shut down because I had strep throat for so many years and that gets into your bloodstream and um, started eating away at my kidneys and took them both out at the same time. So, uh, that was in in October. Uh, it was at my parents because it was our Thanksgiving. So it's earlier than yours, but I remember eating at my parents' house, and I went to stand up to leave, and I pretty much passed right out, being so sick. So I uh, I knew at that point, like get back to the hospital and and uh, figure it out. And then the doctor took blood, uh, emergency room, and uh, probably came back an hour and a half later and said, "Got some bad news. You need a kidney transplant." And I just uh, I was like, "All right." Like, I'm just so, my mom couldn't believe how just chill I was about the whole thing. She's like, he would just sit there and be like, okay, so like, what do we do next? And that's just, I guess that's my personality. It's like, you know, you deal with it as it comes to you and, uh, you know, and everything will be, be fine. And uh, I feel like, you know, strong enough and you have a strong enough support system around me that uh, I knew I'd be, I knew I'd pull out of it and I was in as a good shape. So I just remember going to, uh, to I got transport to Oshawa Hospital, which is where they started my dialysis and stuff. And the first night I was there, the, the nurse gives me a book about all what's going to happen on uh, during a kidney transplant. So I sat there and I read it. She was sitting beside me the whole night, and I said, "You don't have to sit here. Like, I'm fine. I'll, I'm, I'll be okay, right?" She said, "No, it's actually uh, it's part of the protocol. You know, when someone finds out they need something like this, we have to sit beside them uh, for the whole night just to make sure. You know, because." you know, it's hard on people. It's, it's tough on your mind. So, you know, some people just kind of don't want to live through that. So they got to make sure that they're there for them and, and support them the whole time. And so that was the kind of uh, an eye opener for me, having a nurse there and, and telling you that, that uh, no, you just got to make sure that you're, you're going to be okay through it. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I got some work to do. And that's, that's what I did. You know, I, I, during dialysis, I still played hockey. I had the, the tubes coming out of my, my neck and I just taped them to my chest. And I put my chest protector over top and you, the diet for dialysis is terrible. Like, you can't drink anything. You can barely eat anything. Like uh, anything that you drink would stay in your body because your kidneys just can't filter it out. So your feet would get huge and your legs would get big and it's hard to breathe and hard, your heart uh, struggles. So uh, you just put it, spray the water in your mouth and you spit it out. And, and that's how your, that's how your whole game is. You don't swallow anything and you're just like, you feel like a prune by the time the game's over. But it was for the love of the game, right? I just wanted to play. I didn't. I didn't want to be sitting around. I didn't want to be mopey. I just wanted to like, who cares if I got something wrong with me? I'm getting out there. I'm gonna play. Like for some reason, I don't make it through this whole kidney thing. 
at least I didn't give up, you know, my, my passion of, of playing hockey. So that was the way I looked at it. And I got, ended up getting through the whole kidney. My mom gave me uh, her kidney. They kind of rushed it. And I think I was on dialysis for about nine months. And the doctor kind of got me, uh, got me going back on my feet and ended up going to uh, more hockey after that. How, how long did it, or was there other options that, you know, besides your mom that were thinking of doing it or was your mom like from the beginning, like I'm doing it? Oh, my mom was standing there. And as soon as the doctor said, you know, I need a transfer. I was like, where do I sign up? You know, how do I, how do I become a donor? And uh, that was her thing. And I know my brother was willing to, uh, to get tested and stuff as well, but uh, they did my mom's test and my mom was unbelievably close to being a match. And, it's not normal that your parents are the closest match. It's usually your siblings that are because they've got both your mom and your dad um, genes and stuff like that. And, and, and uh, that's usually the match that you go with. But my mom was a super, super good match for me. And they, they, uh, they took her kidney out in no time. Uh, and she was back home, I think, four or five days after the operation. She was outside gardening, like called her up and asked what she's doing. She's like, oh, I'm just outside picking flowers. And I'm like, mom, you just had Go surgery. You had like a big scar on your back. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I feel great. It's fine. So um, she, that's her. She was, uh, she grew up actually in the country on a farm, you know, with cattle and all that stuff. So uh, she's a, she's a tough one. So uh, I think that's where I got that from all the determination and drive. That's all. And that, that I was about to say, that's clearly, you know, where you got it from was that was something like that. You know, I feel like it's, you're kind of a pioneer with this because a lot of people would be mopey after something like that. They wouldn't go uh -huh. back to hockey. You taped it to the side and kept going. And, you know, it's like you said, like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it didn't work out, but you took that chance and now other people can see that and move forward with that uh -huh. too. And that's, and whether it's kidney and hockey, whether it's some other disease and another sport or something, that's just, that's just a, what makes, you know, this platform that you have now is so great. I know you use it for stuff mm -hmm. like that you know and, um, and we'll get to later kind of what you did as far as the proceeds for shirts and stuff like that but right um, like we, go ahead yeah i just think that uh and that's my that's my main thing with this in, in life in general i think you know you just put whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it you know i go to a lot of my clinics for for my uh for my kidney just a yearly checkups and stuff like that you see a lot of people in the clinic and they're just kind of like uh, slumped over in their chair and you know you see them every year and they just seem to be, you know, just not, not happy with, with their lives. And I'll go over and I'll sit beside them. I'll be like, Hey, you know, how's it going? And I'll just kind of talk to them. And, uh, even if they don't know me, they're like, why are you here? And, you know, cause you're, you're, you know, you're a younger guy, you're in shape. Like, what are you doing here? And they didn't realize that I, I have a kidney transplant until, you know, I pull up my sleeve and they see my, my fistula in my arm or, or whatever. And they're like, wow. So you just, as if I can kind of, say anything to anybody just to kind of cheer them up and give them some kind of motivation to uh live their life like a normal uh like normal like what they wanted to do what they aspired to do before like i want i just want people to realize just because you have a kidney transplant doesn't mean you need to stop doing living your life right just keep just keep on trucking you know that's why you have doctors and nurses and they're all amazing and, and they'll uh they'll help you along the way so that was my that's my big thing when i go to the kidney clinics is just to kind of cheer people up a little bit Bitter patter, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what you tell them, right? Hey, yeah, just, bitter patter, let's go. <laughs> and then just walk away. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Google me, bitter patter. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you know, like we said before we started recording, you know, like it's 
and go into that. You know, people can Google to get more of the sports story, right? Um, right. It, but I, I still think it'd be cool to walk through the emotions as far as after, you know, you, you were sitting in the bag, you heard Nietzsche might go in, you know, um, Razik and, and Reimer were hurt. Crap, this is me, I'm going in. How was uh-huh. it walking through the tunnel into the ice? Because, you know, like we, people see the videos and of course the video pace put out was amazing following you behind and stuff like that yeah. what was the emotions you had just going through the tunnel onto the ice for the very first time as or well, not the first time but in that situation yeah you know it's funny because uh when i was sitting there and, and then pace actually came in and he was talking to me and and i was like let's go man like let's do this all this hard work for all these years and i finally got a shot at, at going so i was I was super pumped and he was laughing. I, I don't think he, he was like, what's, what's going on with this guy? Why is he so pumped up? Why is he like ready to go? And uh, why are you not nervous? And uh, so he was, he's, he's such an awesome dude. Um, but yeah, him following me down to the ice, I felt like whole way there. I'm like, yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And it kind of opens up right at the last second, right before you get on the ice. And then all of a sudden people went nuts. And I was like, I went from like pumped to like, Oh man, what's going on right now? <laughs> what? And don't fall. Like that's what I didn't want to do. I just didn't want to step on the ice and fall because I did a, a Leafs outdoor practice. We did a three-on-three thing at uh, City Hall. It was really cool. Uh, we had to take the subway and then we walked up along the streets onto the ice and all this stuff. So it was it was awesome. But I had my skate guards on the whole time because I was wearing all my gear. And I wasn't even thinking, and I stepped onto the ice. I was like the third person onto the ice, and nobody t- got a video of it, thank God, where I, f- I fell. I was on my back, man. I tried to make it as graceful as possible, uh, and I got Willie Nylander to pull my skate guards off, and they were all laughing at me. So when I stepped on the ice there in Toronto, looked down. I, the first thing I thought was, like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. And I made it, and I kind of took a, a right to go towards that the other net, and the guys were like, no, 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 over here. And I was just kind of <laughs> – you know, once the fans You're doing a victory crazy, lap, yeah. <laughs> once the fans went crazy, I just kind of lost my whole train of thought. I didn't really know what to think, and I was like, uh, "Like a deer in headlights." At that point, uh, and I was obviously the the case for the rest of the second period. I was a, couldn't settle down. Like the, the the ground felt like it was rumbling underneath me. Uh, every chance they got, people were yelling "shoot, shoot" because they scored the first two goals. People were yelling "shoot." And in my head, I'm like, yes, please, shoot. Like, I need to get into this game, you know? Yeah. Usually when goalies uh, they struggle, if they get a couple shots to the chest, they can kind of settle down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So I was hoping for a few shots to the chest. So I was, I was with everybody else in the fans being like, shoot the puck. And <laughs> I, want, I want them to shoot, man. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was an emotional roller coaster that night for sure. It was uh, a lot of fun, something that obviously I'll never, never, ever forget that one. Absolutely. It's going to be, I mean, they'll be there forever. <laughs> um, yeah. what, has there been any, uh, any uh, Disney plus movie talks or anything? Netflix talks, ESPN plus. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Yeah. We're actually in, in talks. Um, hasn't been signed yet, but uh, I know it's going to be, or supposed to be a pretty big uh, feature film. So um, good for you. Once, once that's all signed up, I'll be able to tell you a little more info yeah. on it, but um yeah, it's going to be, uh, apparently it's going to be a good inspirational movie. And uh, the production company is uh, with James Corden from The Late Show. Okay. He's got a yeah. production company. So it's going to be his production company uh, that's going to get everything rolling. And he's an awesome, awesome guy. I've talked to him so oh, many man. times. And he uh, He's like, I'm not a hockey fan, but I, I love the story. <laughs> and 
I can't skate, but, uh, you know, we'll make this a good movie. I said to him, I'll bring my goal equipment and you can, uh, you can learn how to skate there. I said, uh, I'll throw you a net and take some shots on you. <laughs> he's like, let's do it. So he's funny. He's such a good guy and I'm looking forward to working with him. So that'll be awesome too. Not a bit avid hockey fan there in England, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's more of a soccer guy. You know, they put out a soccer movie, I think. Um, his, uh, his crew put out a movie. Um, I think it's Sundle Until I Die, actually, is what it's called. It's oh, I've watched watch that. It. Is that his production company? Yeah, his production company put that out. It's pretty good. I love that. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. cool because it takes you behind, obviously, behind the scenes, but um, the finances between a championship league team and a Premier League team, like, the difference yeah. is huge. Having a, I didn't know that was his company. Wow, if it's anything like yeah. that. So it's Fullwell73 is, is his company. So okay. it's, uh, they do some good stuff. And they yeah. do some really good stuff. So uh, it'll be wild for them to get. I think this is going to be their first major feature film, if I'm, if I'm correct. But uh, he's got some great intentions for the whole thing. And he wants me involved in it from start to finish. Uh, obviously, it's, it's going to be my story. And who can tell yeah. it better than, than me, right? So he's gonna, I'm going to sit down with the writers and we'll, uh, we'll bang it out. And hopefully people will watch it. It'll be pretty cool. Oh, you know everyone in the square foot mileage of North Carolina is going to watch that. Toronto, it's, it's going to be watched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be, watch. it'll be really cool. And I should actually get them to uh, do the premiere in North Carolina. That would be pretty wild, too. In, in PNC. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would be awesome. So two questions yeah. with that. One, if you need an extra for someone in the fans, I'll come up to Toronto. I'll be, I'll be fan extra number seven. Or something all right so <laughs> as long as you can like bang on the glass when the leafs score in the movie yeah. then you're, <laughs> you're yeah. in. You, you know me? i mean just google me i'm avid uh maple leafs fan number four you should know who that's I am. it that's <laughs> it <laughs> two if you could i mean obviously this is not really up to you if you could have anyone play you who would it be in the movie wow and I we're talking like and we're talking like no budget like whoever you know what i've been asked that and they were talking about like someone like Mark Wahlberg apparently had interest in it. I don't know if that's the truth. Uh, and someone else threw out Ryan Reynolds's name, which he would be great too. Uh, Canadian guy. I just don't know if he would be interested, but I I've heard uh, some rumblings, but either of those two guys would, would be great at it for sure. I said, <laughs> I was joking. I said, uh, Mark Wahlberg needs to lay off the old workout routine for the next six months if he wants to uh, if he wants to play me. <laughs> Throw a few more cheeseburgers in the body and uh, take a few days off the gym. And also hope his boys in Boston won't be mad if he. Uh... It's true. <laughs> it's true. I you know what I grew up a Bruins fan so I, really? maybe I got an in, maybe I got an in there. You know what? Like my brother and my dad were both like hugely fans, and I wanted to be different. I was just like, mm. okay, I'm tired of hearing you guys say how great the Leafs are and they haven't won yet. So I want to be different. And so I kind of watched the game and uh, Andy Moog was playing in net. And I'm like, hey, he's a little guy like me. Like, you know, I, I wanted to be him. So he was my he was my idol growing up. And I've yet to meet Andy Moog, but I heard, uh, you know, he's in Dallas and, and stuff like that. And um, I've been to Dallas a few times. I love it there. And, and uh, so one day maybe I'll bump into him, but that was the reason why I picked number 35. Um, that's, that's where I got the number from. It was Andy Moog and uh, the Bruins, like Neely and, uh, and Ray Bork. And them. that's, you know, I couldn't go wrong at that point. No, not at all. 
I think the person I thought about for you, and maybe just because I don't know if you look like him, but just your lookalikes at first was uh, Keith or Sutherland. Um, oh, okay. I've heard, I've heard that too, but I don't know how old he is now. That's, that's the thing. Just, so that's he's older now. So, and so if they're going to follow you from a younger, you know, whatever, I'm not sure what the plot is, but um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it could be a little different. But just when I saw him, I was like, oh, like, I mean, yeah, know, he's ish. good. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I might have to, he's going to have to get some makeup on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can do anything. I mean, yeah, for sure, be good. But Mark wants yeah. to take out the Boston and put on more of the uh, Toronto accent, you know. More of the Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he can do it. Yeah. He can handle it. He's like, you can just have you talk to him. That way, you kind of train him on words and stuff like that. And right, we'll just have conversations all the time. <laughs> That's it. Just Facetime him every night. You know, just <laughs> casual. Yeah. yeah, he has a crazy workout schedule. Have you heard of his his daily routine? I follow him on Instagram. Okay. That guy's a maniac. Like he's just a maniac the way he works out. Like he doesn't do heavy weight, but he does a lot of stuff. And like he's, you know, I've I've trained with a lot of really good coaches and stuff like that. And they're all amazing. And then just to watch him at his age, you know what? My wife and I were sitting down last night where we were talking. She's like, he's gotta be like 50 something. I'm like, no way. Like he looks so much younger than that. Like the guy's in such good shape. And he's like 49. Like, holy man, that guy's in incredible shape. Good for him. That's dedication. It's like, what makes me feel better, it's just a way for me, it's a cop-up for me to be lazy. I'm like, well, they're getting paid to do it. So, like, if I had someone that would give me meals, like, no, he's, you still got to have a work ethic. You can't. Yeah, just... you got to get up and do it yourself, right? No yeah. one pushes like, you. No, one, no one's going like, to do it for you. <laughs> he gets up, but he goes to bed at, like, 7 or 8, something super early. And gets, oh, really? gets up at, like, 4. He gets up, like, at as James Corden actually did a uh, yeah. one of his little shorts with him, and he followed. He he did a day in the life of Mark Wahlberg. So of course, it's comical because James Corden's right. trying to keep up with Mark Wahlberg, and they yeah, got up yeah. at like four a.m. and James is like yawning, like doing bench presses and stuff like that. And it's it's, it's just. <laughs> great I think I saw that on his Instagram where it's like the three a.m. club or something like that, yeah. or the four a.m. Yeah. club. I was yeah. like, what is this all about? It. I thought maybe he was just somewhere you know where he had to be up early, but uh, that's his thing. That's that's crazy. I don't. I hate being up early, to be honest with you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that guy. If you can let me sleep till ten or eleven, I'm in. <laughs> you know? And just stay late, and yeah. I just remember, you know, going to a bunch of leaf practices. They're like, okay, well, we're on the ice at nine. I'm like, nine? I live an hour away from the rink. This means I have to be up at five thirty. This is craziness, nice. you know. I need to go to bed at five thirty just to get enough sleep. <laughs> so, the yeah, whole next it was week's a lot, it was a lot of like, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you, you know, if it's early in the morning, you got to drive somewhere. I don't want to hear any music. I turn my radio right off and I'm basically sleeping as I'm driving. I just want just silence the whole world. way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 have that, I have that quite often in the mornings. I just, I don't like mornings at all. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being in good shape and coaches, um, Rob Brendamore, I would say, is one of the most fit coaches in the NHL. <laughs> He's a beast. I saw the pictures today of, uh, of them coming into Toronto. And like, yeah, the arms of that it's, guy, yeah. man. It's, it's still jacked. Yeah, that's dedication too. Yeah, that's it's his name for a reason, I guess, right? So, what, what, uh, but, great guy, great guy oh, too. Yeah. Is he from Toronto? Is he from Canada? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't Let's know say. where. Yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah he's. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if he has a house in, in Canada anymore, but I'm, I don't blame him for living down there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right here in like Cary <laughs> Raleigh. What makes yeah. what made me think what was the final nail in the coffin for knowing that I'll never be Rob Brendamore was um 
I went to like a hurricane luncheon like three and a half years ago where it's like, hey, have dinner, have lunch with the, with the coaches and players. And at the time, Rod was an assistant coach. He wasn't the head coach mm-hmm. yet. And I sat right. beside him. We were asking questions. And the moment I know I couldn't be like him is that he passed up the bread and the pasta dish. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I, I, this is, this is, I, I thought about being him, but yeah. I think I'm yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. The carbs are necessary for me. You know, I'm, I'm not a massive bread guy anymore. I, I, I eat a peanut butter sandwich every morning before practice because oh. uh, I know I'm going to need that. Like if I go to the Leafs practice or Marley's, I know I'm going to need the carbs. Like there's no doubt about it. I'm going to get absolutely peppered with pucks for two hours. So <laughs> I need to be able to stand in there, but uh, not so much anymore, but I can do a good, a, a good pasta dish here and there, but yeah. just straight mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Olive Garden. See the breadsticks. Have you ever had the breadsticks with Alfredo sauce at Olive Garden? Oh, Endless breadsticks and endless salad. What the salad? Eh, but the breadsticks yeah. are the the breadsticks. <laughs> the breadsticks and Alfredo sauce. If you get that, and you dip it in there. Huh, unbelievable! I could just eat that alone. <laughs> the just go for like an hour. and a side of Alfredo dish and no entree. Yep. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I've done that before. I'm not even joking. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, you go out there, feel like you gained forty pounds, but it's delicious. You work it off. So th- this yeah. wasn't actually on the outline, but um, what's kind of your day-to-day schedule now for, you know, for the Marlies and, um, and just now, you know, after the fact yeah. of doing that, because you're still doing the same role and everything or before so the I, Yeah. So I left my job uh, working in the ranks. Uh, obviously I was on the road uh, doing this media stuff for so long that I, I couldn't actually go to work. And I was, <laughs> I, used up all my I used all my vacation time, all my sick time. I used it all. And my boss is like, man like you're 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 really pumping our name out there for our rink and stuff like that in the university but like it's kind of hard to pay you <laughs> when you're not even at the building right so they then COVID and then they had layoffs and all this stuff so uh, a couple other my buddies work for a company called Simco Refrigeration which is North America they, they do a lot of the refrigeration systems and hockey ranks so I stayed in the arena business I'm just kind of the account manager now for a lot of the Toronto hockey rinks um so a lot of the places that i worked in before i'm now the account manager for the uh for the refrigeration system so i didn't go too far but uh, it allows me to work remotely and you know i got a lot of stuff going on where i you know when things end up opening up more uh i'll be all over the place and i can just take my laptop my phone with me and i can work remotely so that's fantastic and they're great they're great people at the company so that's my thing but hockey wise I think the last time I put my equipment on was when I made an Instagram video of a Nerf gun. Um, um, it was funny because the Nerf guns we were looking at, they go, I don't know what it was. They're, they're quick. They come pretty hard. So people are always like, what's it like to have Austin Matthews shoot on you? I'm like, well, get this Nerf gun with the little honey balls and it, it goes fast. And those things are, they come out like, like rockets. And I, I was thinking maybe eight feet away from it. And I got one of the kids to start firing at me. I'm like, this is what it's like to face an awesome Matthew shot. Like this thing comes out, you can barely see it. You're pretty much guessing at where it goes and uh, just hope that it hits you. So that's the last time I put my equipment on. <laughs> that was hey, awesome. I think it was like two weeks after everything closed. <laughs> no, I'm done. Like, what's yeah. the goal? I think a lot of it's so in, is about instincts, but has, I mean, there has to be some times where, where they're, you know, like the defensemen are crowded and crowd in the crease. A lot of times, are you just kind of somewhat guessing? Not guessing, but instincts kind of, they might go here. And you kind of are hoping for the best? Yeah, yeah you can kind of toy with the guys too, right? Like, if you lean to the one side, and this, this, they call it the strong side, where you can see the puck and where he's on that side. And if you lean too much, and you kind of give him, 
the other side. Well, you watch his eyes. He's like, oh, that's open. And then as he goes to shoot it, you slide over. And he's like, man. Like, but you know, <laughs> I gave that to you. But I just took yeah. it away. That's, you know, that's one of those things when mm-hmm. uh, there's a guy in front of you. Can kind of He wants to use him as a screen, and but you can use him as like a, like a little decoy to what you want to mm-hmm. do, right? So uh, it's always the game within the game. Yeah, I love it. That's so the people don't realize that. I'd be the person who would go take the chance of shooting it on your strong side because I'm yeah. always a high-risk, high-reward player in sports. So, like, yeah. I'm the guy who's going to do that. You're trying to roof it. Yeah, to where, like, I'll either look like a moron or it'll be the greatest <laughs> out of all times. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of players that, uh, that are like that kind of ruin their career, kind of be that way, you yeah. know? Well, that's why all, I play hockey, so. all the goalies are like, uh, you know he's going to shoot gloves, so I'm just going to hold my yeah. glove here the whole time. And, yeah. Um, they have to be a little more versatile to to be in the NHL. That's for sure. For sure. Um, this is great. So I, after you kind of, uh, you know, did all this, the, the media tour, um, went to Colbert and all that stuff. So I'm sure that that had to be one of the best ones you did, right? Or most, most fun. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a sprung <laughs> on us last minute. I didn't even know yeah. that that was on the, on the dock. And then, uh, Pace is like, Hey, uh, Colbert show called. Do you want to go over there and see, uh, they've got a skit. You want to go see what it's all about? I'm like, yeah so poor pace moving all these flights around all over the place and i felt bad for the guy um having to follow me around all day long but uh, we went to colbert and he was having fun he thought it was awesome oh, yeah. um i know he was absolutely gassed by the end of the day and i was like that guy who's like it was almost like i was hopped up on red bull but i don't drink red bull like i just have lots of energy yeah. uh, on a normal day-to-day basis and pace is like <laughs> his eyes were closing i know he worked a lot before that and uh i think that was supposed to be his day off or something like that it was. he, he said to... that in the pot yeah he said that to me Did he? <laughs> yeah. yeah i think he i think it was supposed to be his day off and then he had to follow me around new york city and I, when the first we got there the night before uh and we went out for a, a drink at the pub and and i'm like are you all right man like he's like yeah it's supposed to be my day off you know i haven't seen wife making you feel bad like i'm here for you but yeah yeah but we ended up having a lot of fun uh and then yeah the colbert show was was cool and we got to meet i think it was tyra banks and uh another singer that i think pace liked the, the singer i think he i don't even remember who it was but I think it was like one of his uh, choices of music. So yeah. he was like, maybe, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could meet these people. But there, I know, you know, I wanted to meet Tyra Banks, but I think she was like out of the car, on the stage, back in the car, sort of thing. It was like I don't even think she stuck around for more than three minutes. But um, and then one guy who was there, I'm not sure who he was. I think it was a former mayor. Uh, he spent quite a bit of time on the stage, and we did a few things, like the one that you saw. Uh, where I was playing the piano with the goalie gloves on. And then I came out beforehand. Uh, there was another part to it, actually, where I was in, like, their sound room or, or their video room. And it kind of cut to me. And I was, like, I had my jersey on and stuff like that. And I was telling them what to do. Because, I, like I said, the other guy got sick and went home. So I'm taking over. But they never actually showed that part. <laughs> they didn't show that part, which is would have been funny. But, yeah, that was, that was a cool experience and a cool time at, in, in New York City, for sure. How did the Canes embracing you maybe just kind of change your your mood? I'm sure you're always a happy-go-lucky guy, but how did the Canes possibly kind of boost you up even more than before? You know, with some, how, how did that kind of help with, with, with the next chapter in your life as far as right. the Canes? Yeah, so it, actually it all, like you said, started with, with Charlotte. And like uh, Donnie and, and all the guys, equipment guys for Charlotte, those are pretty much the first guys I talked to. And, you know, I found out that I was backing up for Charlotte. 
great guys. And I had met them before because, I, like I said, I used to drive a Zamboni at that rink. So I'd met met them before, and they stand down by the Zamboni and just talk to them. And uh, and Donnie's hilarious. He's such a good dude. So, you know, you walk into that room, and all the guys were just like, you know, just kind of coming over and talking to you and, and saying hi and super friendly. And I'm like, it's a pretty cool – like it's a pretty cool team. Like Charlotte guys are, are awesome coaches and everything are great. Uh, little did I know three weeks later, I'm going to step on the ice with their uh, NHL team. Right. And then they are the same way. Those guys embraced me like crazy. You saw it since the time I, I stepped on the ice, the, all the guys were right there at the door. Um, and it traveled all the way through the game into the locker room afterwards. And even to when I got to Carolina, the whole team ownership, um, and uh, management they were so so good to me the whole time and how could you not love an organization like that to be honest like even when I was down in Carolina the fans and the people that were just there in the city were just like they were so great all the time no matter where you went they're just really cool uh, laid-back people that just you know love their sports and just uh, I had so much fun and I, and I was supposed to go back there March 27th or something like that to watch a Leaf game and then everything got shut down. So I was kind of bummed about that one, but I'm, I'm excited to get back to Carolina and uh, see a lot of the great people there. Awesome. Southern hospitality we have. We'll give you some Bojangles. Love and <laughs> Love it. I love it. <laughs> Which also I'm, excited probably... I'm excited because I, from what I heard, they're having an outdoor alumni game uh, possibly I guess next season, which would be whenever they're going to have that. But um, I'll be, I guess I'm an alumni forever now. So if they have, I want I love to select the outdoor game. It's a really cool idea. And I think that uh, if I'm able to be in the outdoor alumni game, that's going to be so awesome. Cause I heard they're putting it in the football field right across the yeah, street. So right across the street. Uh, yeah. So I am super pumped about that. The guy who paints my goalie mask, I told him about this already. I like, just so you know, if I get called to this alumni outdoor game, you better paint one heck of a mask, man. Like this thing better be beauty. Uh, <laughs> so we're working on that already, actually. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited to get back there. Man, that's going to be sick. I'm, of course you'll be invited. If anything, you'll be there. <laughs> I hope you'll so. Be there. No, I'll be there. My brother and I, my dad, um, we had a group tag as soon as it went out the news were like we're going and we didn't even say what it was we just said we're going and we all three knew exactly what it was talking about i mean it's a I mean, yeah. uh, carter finley holds um I mean, it holds like seventy thousand, they're not probably sixty thousand, sixty-five thousand. Oh, wow. it's it's gonna be packed i mean it's gonna be yeah. and and carter finley is a pretty loud football stadium um mm -hmm. that's coming from me i'm a big unc fan which is like the rival right. um, down the road um right but state but the way they built the stadium they built like the people in the first row you're not on the ground you're raised up so everyone is raised up above the field so it uh, makes more sense to be more loud um right whereas some of those outdoor games in michigan you know the the big house it holds 110,000, but it's, it's shaped like straight out like a saucer it's not up. yeah so it's, right. people say i've been to when yeah it's cool it's not loud it's more the experience because a hockey rink smaller so if you're in the stand you can't really see the rink in michigan yeah but here it's yeah gonna be, it's gonna be sick yeah i think that i watched the michigan one and it was like how do you see anything no. there's like little ants skating around on the ice at that point you know you don't it's see, just kind you don't of see like the you're there yeah you're there to drink and have a good time oh, yeah. that's pretty much all you're doing <laughs> at that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah like who cares who wins you have know, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's gonna it. be cool it's gonna be cool yeah i'm excited 
that's going to be, I'm sure you'll be invited. Um, last question I want to ask, and I asked Pace too, and um, actually had uh, Wade Minter, the PA announcer for Hurricanes on last, last week. So this is kind of the yeah. past year's guests have all been like Hurricanes, but it's like, more. I don't know. This is great. I love this. This is kind of more natural yeah. for me anyway, but it kind of works sure. out well. But I asked both of them the question too, but both of them are from this area. Um, sure. But for you growing up in, you know, Toronto, outside of Toronto and Whitby, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hockey Night in America, that's like your Sunday Night Football. That's the big thing. Um, right. When you came down to Carolina, you've only been here once for the for that one time, but how do you, how did hockey seem to you in this area from an outside perspective? You know, and, I, and I've told this story many many times like if you go to a hockey game in toronto and it's say it's like a tuesday night game you look down you're in the upper bowl you look down and you see all suits in the lower bowl you know you go to carolina and and basically toronto is um how do i explain this nicely when it comes to the fans they want to be the guy who's got season tickets to the leafs it's like that's you're, you're a big wheel at that point if you got season tickets to the leafs, it, it cost you whatever a hundred grand to sit in the lower bowl for the year. So you're, you're Bobby big wheel at this point thinking, you know, I'm going to take whoever to the game and they're going to think I'm a cool guy, but they don't watch the game. They sit there and talk business the whole time. It's like the goal could be scored and they're still sitting there talking to each other. You go to Carolina and everybody is wearing a Jersey. They're wearing like something hurricanes. They're tailgating outside the game or outside the rink. They're like pumped for the actual game. They don't want to go there to talk business with each other. They want to go watch the game. They love their sports. They love watching the hockey. And they get right involved in it. It's so, so cool and so different. And, and I love that. Because to me, growing up outside of Toronto in a smaller town, you know, we loved our hockey. And that's, that's the way it was. And that's what it's like there. You know, obviously, Raleigh's smaller than, than Toronto. Uh, so it was kind of like a small town hockey kind of feel for me and, and just to, to see the passion that the fans had um and just the way that they the carolina organization put together a game like the game operations of the whole game and they include everybody and everyone is uh just wants to be there so i i can't wait to go back to another game uh you know they said oh you, you picked the game when we lost so we didn't uh, it wasn't as loud as what it should have been but I'll go back and I'm sure they'll win a game. So I'll get to uh, experience the full out loudness of this, uh, of the stadium. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty pumped to get back there and uh, listen to that one roar up. Well, I can text you a video of me at the caps game, game two. Um, I was like three rows up. I'll show you how loud it gets in PNC. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. That's what I heard. (laughs) Everyone said this thing just rumbles. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to come back, and I don't care if I have to stay for five games. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stay there until they win a good game, and, uh, and it's going to be loud for me. <laughs> yeah, I will not leave until it gets to a certain decibel point. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, Dave, like I said, I appreciate it. This has been great. I feel like I could talk for three more hours. It's just, it sure. just seems natural and seems genuine. Um, and I, I hope people can kind of get more about the story of Dave Ayers and not just, you know, they can Google you. I, I, as, as you have said it word for word, Google me. If they, people want to get more information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't say it in, a, in an arrogant way. I just, I just told you, basically just wanted the guy to, to get out of my crease. in a very polite way (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Dave whenever you come down I'll uh I'll buy us a pint and give you some eastern eastern style barbecue for you I love it I can't wait it's gonna be so awesome we gotta uh just gotta kick this whole COVID thing and uh I'll be there for sure sounds good Dave all right man have a great night
Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. See ya.